It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everybody. This is Janice Malone, your host. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show, coming to you all the way from sunny Las Vegas. Uh, contrary to popular belief, no, we are not flooded out. <laughs> yeah, now it did rain in some spots of Vegas where it was a lot of standing water, but bulk of it, nah. It's still bright and sunny here. Very comfortable, actually. So how are you? Are you good in your part of uh, America? And if you're out of America, hopefully you're part of your continent, your country as well. We hope you're doing well. So we have uh, we have a show to do for you here, and we do not want to keep you waiting. I'll quickly tell you who our guests are. We have our resident expert on streaming films and television shows under the umbrella of the Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment brand, and that is Chris Woolsey. He is the Senior Director of Communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, and he will be chatting with us to tell us about what is hot at Redbox for the month of August, and it is a lot that's still hot there. You know, we're kind of winding down to summer. I love summer. I love spring and summer, but uh, that's okay because football season has started. I'm good. I am really good. So anyway, Chris will be joining us and we will also be talking with this filmmaker. She has such a delightful film. Her name. Okay, you've seen it. We've got people here who said they've seen the movie. Oh, you saw it on BET. Okay, gotcha. Okay, never mind. I was getting a little nervous there. But anyway, we have a filmmaker. She is a, an award-winning filmmaker, writer, director. Her name is Jen Shaw, and she has a new film short, Tyler Gaps, G-A-P-S, and it recently screened at the Holly Shorts Film Festival in Los Angeles. It is also premiered on Black Entertainment Television, BET, and it had a big big screening at the recent Tribeca Film Festival earlier this month. So Jen Shaw will be on board to tell us all about her film. It is such a lovely, delightful film. It's just, it's just, I could just hug it. It's just so cute. But anyway, those are our, our two featured guests here. But before we get into our show, I want to tell you uh, about this. This is really cool. Did you know, maybe for those of you, you know, you're dog owners. Maybe you knew this. I am not a pet owner because I have really severe pet allergies. But August 26th is National Dog Day. Mm -hmm. Somebody brought that to my attention. I did not know this. So in honor of National Dog Day, I've got some really cute little information here for you dog lovers out there, you pet parents. Since we're going to honor National Dog Day. This is what we found. According to the website, lawn, L-A-W-N, lawnstarter.com, and you can go check it out, lawnstarter.com. They have rounded up for 2023 the best cities 
for dog lovers. Yeah, they've got like, uh, I think it's 200 cities in all that they did. So what they did was they compared the biggest, the 200 biggest U.S. cities, and they based them on 28 different indicators which included puppy love, uh, access to dog-friendly housing and businesses, suitability of dog walking, and affordability of canine services. That's just a few on the list there. Now, how does your city rank? I cannot tell you because you listeners are all over the world and all over North America here. But I, again, I definitely advise you to go to lawnstarter.com to see where your city ranks as um, as far as being best cities for dog lovers. Now, we here in Las Vegas, we did not do really bad at all. As far as dog walking friendliness, Las Vegas came in at 12, number 12. And as far as dog sitters, Per, per 100,000 residents, Las Vegas came in number three. And as far as number of dog-friendly accommodations, Las Vegas came in at number 19. That's not bad. I don't think that's bad at all. But again, you can go check out your city. But let me quickly tell you the top, let me get this right. Yeah. Let me quickly tell you the top 10 best cities for dog lovers according to, again, lawnstarter.com. They rounded it off. Let's start with number 10. Number 10 is Miami. Yeah. Number nine is Knoxville, Tennessee. I used to live near near, uh, Knoxville. That's kind of a surprise, but a nice surprise. Number seven is Scottsdale, Arizona. And, uh, oh yeah, Atlanta is next. Number six is San Diego. Number five is Richmond, Virginia. And the next one is Austin, Texas. And then there is Alexandria, Virginia. Number two is Tampa, Florida. And number one, the number one rated city is Orlando, Florida for the 2023 Best Cities for Dog Lovers. Now, I know people who probably live in places like Seattle and Denver and those kind of places, they are probably ready to say foul play. (laughs) But again, this is according to the website lawnstarter.com. See where your city ranks. Yeah, go check it out and see what you find there. You may rank much better than you think. So again, that's a lot of fun. Lots of fun. We love having these uh, listicles like this from time to time. I think uh, dog lovers, that's everybody pretty much everywhere here. Okay, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we will feature our favorite uh, expert on films and television and all of that that's streaming from uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. Of course, we're talking about our friend, Chris Wolsey, who is the Senior Director of communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, and he is going to tell us what's hot and what's going on at Redbox for the month of August. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, 
This is Chris Woolsey, the king of streaming from Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, and you are listening to Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone. All right, listeners, it is time for our official king of groovy movies and all that is cool on the big screen and the small screen. We're, of course, talking about our resident expert, Chris Woolsey, Senior Director of Communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. Chris, what is hot at Redbox for the month of August? Oh, my goodness, Janice, I'm glad you asked because if the summer temperatures aren't hot enough, Redbox has got all the hot titles that you are looking for this summer. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start with one of my all-time favorite films. Um, it, it's just it's so good. I My son is obsessed with it now. He's a young filmmaker, and uh, it is his favorite movie. And I am so excited because he wants to watch it constantly. And so I, I can't see it enough. And that is The Usual Suspect. What? <gasps> <sighs> Chris. So we've got that for free uh, on Redbox. Oh I mean, my. you talk about star-studded cast. Kevin Spacey, Gabriel Byrne, Benicio Del Toro, yes. Kevin Pollock. Uh, I mean, just the list goes on and on. Oh, and, uh, I actually got to hang out with uh, Kevin Pollock at a film premiere. Of, a buddy of mine from church um, had uh, a film premiere and uh, for his movie The Mark which is award-winning. He's been winning uh, awards for this thing. It's a science, sci-fi short uh, that he's hoping to spin into a full feature. But man, is it good. Um, it's about an alien invasion. And it's got a twist that you cannot believe. And anyway, the, at the premiere, Kevin Pollack, who I guess was a friend of the family, showed up. And man, you talk about the nicest guy. Um, sometimes, you know, the celebrities will like yeah. pop in and then take off. He not only stayed for the whole uh viewing but then he hung out for like over an hour afterwards just talking with random people he was just the kindest uh guy so it, it was neat to to meet uh a star that i've admired for so long and find that his personality uh matched his talent oh my goodness just meeting anyone from the usual suspects i mean it could be the gaffer it, whomever that is <laughs> my movie. I'm so happy to hear that your son loves it. And your son is, is studying to be a filmmaker. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Yep, yep. He, he's made a few short films in uh, high school so far, and he's uh, he's just super excited. And you guys have the usual suspects on a red box right now, this month for August. This month, absolutely free on oh. red box free streaming. Man, and, I mean, you talk about, I mean, it's considered the, the greatest modern paper film, I think, it is. Uh, in film history. It's just, it's so good. The script is incredibly smart. Um, yeah, I'm, it's got a twist that you will not believe. Yes. And I'm not going to yes. spoil it, yes. even though the film's been out almost 30 years. So if you haven't seen it at this point, that's time on you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When are they going to do a sequel or will they ever? I don't know that they will. I don't oh. know. I, the, I don't know that the writer uh, has any desire to. He's written a bunch of other things um, that were really good as well. But I don't know if he wants to touch that. It's almost too perfect, you know. It really is. It it, it breaks my heart. But I'm going to go back and see it all over again on Redbox. Okay. <sighs> Thank you for that tip. <laughs> go back. Okay. So what else is hot this August at Redbox? Well, speaking of hot and speaking of crime thrillers, 
we have, and, and speaking of sequels, you, mm-hmm. you segued it perfectly for me, Janet. Okay. Just set it up like a golf tee. <laughs> um, I got to be honest with you, I did not even know this film had a sequel. And once I started digging into it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a great film. Why did, why did I, how did I miss this on my radar? And that is Basic Instinct <gasps> 2. What? The, you know, the, the neo-noir classic, yeah. Basic Instinct, starring Sharon Stone, has a sequel, Basic Instinct 2, starring Sharon Stone. And uh, this one has David Morrissey uh, from The Walking Dead, who's uh, super red hot right now as well. Um, and it's, you know, it's similar in tone to the first one. There's a murder that takes place. This time, David Morrissey, instead of being an investigator, is a psychiatrist who's trying to analyze Sharon Stone uh, to, to see what makes her tick. And in the process, of course, he gets drawn into the, the web of deception that uh, young Stone is so great at uh, casting on her co-stars. She's just fabulous. I, I, I love her in Casino. That To me, that's her best role. I just love her in that movie. I just so bought much. that movie today. I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen that in forever. Oh. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I just love that movie. Well, wait a minute. How did we miss that that movie having a sequel i didn't know that i know i know i was like i thought i was and i when i looked at the key art i said oh well there's no way sharon stone was the lead in that film and i looked at it was like i I couldn't believe it yeah great man that is so cool well okay that's two i'm going to be watching then yeah, because I have a down day. The rest so of the we've day. got a we've got a lot of kind of noiry feeling things this month. Um, this one is uh, another one that I I don't know how I missed it. It's so good. Um, so this is the two faces of January, oh. and this is starring Viggo Mortensen, oh, uh, obviously from Lord of the Rings, yes. and Kirsten Dunst yes. um, from Spider Man, uh, and Oscar Isaac from Ex Machina, and. Uh, so Vigo and Kirsten are a couple. They've only been together for a little while, and they're on vacation in Athens. And you kind of get the feeling that Vigo may have something going that is a little under the surface. Seems like maybe he's got some shady dealings or something. Mm-hmm. And while they're at their hotel, somebody knocks on the door and pushes their way in, and he and Vigo go into another room to have a discussion that sounds pretty heated. And in the process, I'm not going to spoil it, but something happens and the couple needs to get out of the country. Unfortunately, Oscar Isaac plays this like young guy in the hotel and he spots what's going on. And all of a sudden it's now sort of this triangle and it's, um, it's really good. It's actually written by the, it's based on a book written by the same author who wrote The Talented Mr. Ripley. Yes, yes. And it's uh, produced by the same producing team that produced the film Drive. Uh, so you've got people who really understand tension. Mm-hmm. And man, this is a tense film. It, it's great. It's a period piece. Uh, it takes place in the early 60s. Um, the art direction is spectacular, but if you like like hot thrillers and you like noir films, I do. This is definitely one you got to put on your list. Well, if Vigo is in it, you know it's going to be good. Just him alone is is enough. Oh my me. god! He yeah, is... I'd watch that guy make soup. <laughs> just 
so compelling. He just, he's just that guy. He is just that guy. Yeah. Oh my God. For sure. So, okay. So anybody else that's hot for this month? Yes. So we've got another, it's just, Redbox is just packed with thrillers this month. I don't know why, uh, but it makes me happy because as yes. we've talked about before, I think that's my favorite genre. Um, we've got White Bird in the Blizzard. Um, and this is starring uh, Shailene Woodley from Big Little Lies, uh, another show that's pretty uh, red hot. Uh, and Eva Green, who was the uh, female lead in Casino Royale, the, the first of the Daniel Craig uh, yes. Bond films. Yes. And she was spectacular in that movie. Yes, um, she was. And she's so good in this. So um, it, it's, a, it's a, a film about the relationship between the mother and the daughter and the the daughter is kind of coming of age and discovering her sexuality. That's causing tension with the mom. The mom clearly has some pretty massive issues. There's like, you can tell that like kind of like Vigo's character in, in uh, two faces January, uh, there's kind of, you can see there's something going on under the surface and that maybe mom, you know, needs to get some help. But one day she disappears and uh, the character played by Shailene Woodley starts digging in, to try to find out what happened to her mom and all these characters start coming out of the woodwork. So did mom take her own life? Did mom run away to start a new life? Was it something that happened with the neighbor boy who Shailene Woodley's also involved with, or was it maybe the uh, dad uh, that might have done away with the mom? And so you've got all these different possibilities and she's trying to figure this out while dealing with all the personal trauma of losing your mom. Uh, it's really, really good. The performance is uh, evergreen. I got to say, this is far and away for best performance. Um, but I thought it was spectacular. Everybody's great in this film. Again, if you like top thrillers, this is the one. So, okay, let's roll back. So you, there's a possibility that mom may have been involved with the neighbor pool boy type character? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, just a good-looking young young guy who lives next door, and you don't know if maybe that had something to do with mom's disappearance. Ooh, mom, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so many possible. Give me the title again. What is that? That one is called uh, White Bird in a Blizzard. White Bird in a Blizzard. Strong title. So it kind of speaks to the girl feeling like she wasn't seen yeah. um, in her mom's life. Yeah. Good title, though. I know I want to yeah. watch that. I, I'm, I don't know why I'm always fascinated by potential pool boy stories. <laughs> you can watch those pool boys, I tell you. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but anyway, my wife, I'm only hiring pool girls. That's yes, it. yes, old ones. No pool boys. Yeah, <laughs> and make sure they're old. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, but if we have time, I've got one more thriller. Yeah, uh, that I've got to cream in there. So uh, this is a great one. So I don't know if you and I talked about this before, but uh, one of my all-time favorite movies is Pacific Heights. With Michael yes, Keaton, yes. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but yes. it's a it's a kind of a neo noir mm -hmm. film. He plays uh, Matthew Modine and Melanie Griffith play young homeowners in the Pacific Heights region. They buy this house; they're a little outside of their uh, their budget, but they get it anyway. But they have to take on a border, and they take on Michael Keaton, 
who's this super wealthy businessman who just needs a place to crash when he's in San Francisco on business. And come to find out, he's got a whole other agenda going on. So I don't know if you've seen that film. Mm-hmm. It, it, in my opinion, it's like in the top three of Michael Keaton films of all time. He is terrifying in this film. Yes. But uh, we've got a film similar to that, The Ones Below. So you know when you watch those movies and you're like, oh, this is interesting. I, I see where this is going. And then all of a sudden there's a little turn and you go, oh, no. This is not going where I thought it was at all. And this is not going to end well. Uh, that's the one below. It's uh, starring Clemens Posey from In Bruges, who is uh, brilliant as well as uh, Tenet. Um, and David Morrissey, again, from Basic Instinct 2 that we just talked about. Um, and Stephen Campbell Moore from The Bank Job. So uh, Clemens Posey and David Morrissey play a couple they move into this apartment building. They're expecting a baby. And it ends up the people downstairs are also expecting a baby. And so it's like they're so excited. They're like, not only do we have new neighbors, but they're in the same life stage as we are. And we're going to be able to relate to them on so many levels. This is going to be great. And then things start to go sideways. And it is with a capital T. Really? Ooh. It takes a left turn in Poughkeepsie or something. Ooh. That's it. You got to watch Poughkeepsie, boy. It'll get you. <laughs> It'll catch you. I, I, but again, these, these, these crime noir type genre films, I just love them so much. Just yeah, love them. I'm trying to talk my son into watching. Did you ever see Double Indemnity with yes. uh, Fred McMurray? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Oh my God, like, yes. Talk about chilling. I mean, he was America's dad, yeah. my three sons, and then he ends up being this like sociopathic. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. good! I'm trying to trying to convince him. I mean, yeah, you 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 got to convince him. I mean, it's like that's Robbie's dad. What's what's he doing? <laughs> exactly. Yep, <laughs> this is yep, so yep. much. I don't know. I don't know. Why is it that that Michael Douglas and Michael Keaton, speaking of bad guys, they are so good at playing characters of of rich, no good guys. They are so good at those roles. I love them. They really are. I yep. Just yep. Love if you haven't it. seen Pacific Heights, mm-hmm. go watch it tonight. It is such a good movie. Yes, I will. Because I have a whole down. I have a whole twenty-four hours of downtime to myself, so I don't know what to do. So right, I'm well, you got a homework this. assignment now. I got a homework assignment. Yes, I will. Okay. <laughs> so, do we have anything else that's hot for August in Redbox? Um. Let me. If we've got one, oh yeah, so this one's a little more fun. Again, you need sometimes you need a little bit of a palate cleanser. Um, I am a gigantic fan of uh, Donnie Yen, who played uh, the blind ninja in Rogue One. Yeah, if you remember that character, yeah, I do. Um, and he was just in John Wick uh, Chapter Four, which is just crushing at the box office. Um, he, and this is a uh, Chinese action film called Flashpoint. And he's the lead in it. I don't know if you ever saw, I don't know if you like martial arts films. Mm-hmm. I love martial arts films. And he is in what many people would argue is the greatest franchise of the last two decades uh, called It Man. And it's the true story of the guy who trained Bruce Lee. Ooh. And um, it's a historic film. 
It's a, a period piece, and it's a series of films that go through his life, and Donnie Yen is the lead in that. And it's kind of like the first time you watch a Jackie Chan movie, and you went, there's no way this guy was doing his own stunts, and yet he was doing all of them. And Donnie Yen is the same way. You watch this fight choreography, and you go, there's no way an actor could possibly be this good at martial arts, and yet Donnie Yen is. And uh, Flashpoint is... Um, it's a lot of martial arts, but it's it's more of like a cop, like a lethal weapon cop film uh, than it is a, a, a standard uh, martial arts film. But man, is he good in this. And it is just super fun. If you like John Woo films like Hard Boiled or The Killers, um, this one falls right square in, in that same genre. And it's just fun popcorn. If you want a good uh, Chuck Stocky film for Friday night, pop up a big bowl of popcorn and, uh, get a soda and jump on the couch and watch Flashpoint because, uh, Donnie Yen is unbeatable. Oh my goodness. I have relatives who are just diehard martial arts film buffs. I am not that, the, the only martial arts type film that I really did like and know about is the old Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. <laughs> Oh, I love that. It's such a such classic. A good movie. It was such, and that just, it messed me up for the whole week. It was the special effects and the slow-mo. Oh, I it just did. couldn't stand it. All the wire, it. all the flying. And yeah. oh man, I have to watch that movie about once a year. Yeah. Because it's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just there's something about that movie that is just, uh, it was it was very groundbreaking. Like none of those stunts had ever been done before. No. It's just so cool to see that kind of stuff without CGI. Oh, my goodness. And I saw it in this movie theater in Dallas, and it was one of those old-fashioned with the, the big velvet drapes, you know, yeah. with the, it, beautiful. With all the ornate yes. and all that. Yes, all I that. love those. All those are that. the best. It was, and I just left at it there just mesmerized, like, wow, look yeah, at that movie. absolutely. But anyway, as always, Chris, you are such a fountain of information on movies and <laughs> such. I just love chatting with you. We can talk all day and, you know, and know me, I will. But thank you. I'm happy to do it anytime, Janet. Absolutely. Well, we will see you on our next edition and we'll just try to keep it hot at Redbox. All right, let's do it. Okay, see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, it sounds like there's a lot of fun movies going on at Redbox for the month of August. Thank you so much, Chris, as always. Okay, let's get to our featured guest here. Show of hands, how many of you out there have gaps or a gap in your teeth, especially your front top teeth? Show of hands here. A lot of them. Okay. Yeah, very common. Lots of people love their gaps. Uh, Some people hate their gaps. And there are others who have made a lot of money off of having a gap. Like uh, Michael Strahan is one, for example. Let's see. Madonna. Uh, Sandra Bernhardt is another one. Uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes is another one. These are just a few of many people who have very pronounced gaps, and they love it, and they're known by their gaps. Well, that brings me to our guest. Uh, Our guest is the award-winning writer and director, Jen Shaw, and she has a new film short titled Gaps. Yeah. 
Gaps. And it recently screened at the Holly Shorts Film Festival in Los Angeles just a few days ago. And it is is such a lovely, lovely film. Remember the uh, 2019, I believe it was, the 2019 Academy Award winning uh, film short called Hair Love? Remember? Okay. Well, if you remember that film and if you love that film short, you will also love this movie, Gaps. It's a film short. Again, it's about 14 minutes or so long. And what it's about is that this uh, young teen girl, she is kind of a coming of age type of uh, storyline. And so she has a gap in her top teeth there. And she comes from a very close-knit, loving family. And so she kind of finds herself at the crossroads of should she keep her gap teeth, her gap front teeth, or should she go to the dentist and have it um, taken care of? And so the film was inspired by Jen Shaw's mom, who is a dentist. And so anyway, she's going to tell us more about, you know, how all of that got you know, the the inspiration, the full inspiration of the story. So Gaps premiered on uh, BET Television Network earlier this summer. It also had a showing at the Tribeca Film Festival this year. And it was also part of the Queen Collective, which is owned by Queen Latifah. Yeah, yeah, they, um, this is one of their film projects. And if that's not good enough, the film was also a signature initiative by the Procter & Gamble Widen the Screen Program, which is a program that addresses the systemic bias and inequality in advertising and media. So this is one heck of a little film here. It's uh, executive produced by Queen Latifah's company. Queen Collective, and it is was done in conjunction with Procter and Gamble, which is, gosh, they are such a known, established brand. What have they been in business about sixty plus years or so? So yeah, you can't get any better than Procter and P and G, as they often are called. So anyway, we are very delighted and very proud to have the opportunity to chat with the writer and director, creator of the new film, Gaps. And so let's, without any further delay, bring on Jen Shaw to tell us more about the making of Gaps and how all of this got started. It's such a lovely story. So stay tuned. Let's listen to Jen and me. Next guest on board with me. She is a very talented, award-winning writer and director, and her name is Jen Shaw. Jen, good afternoon, and thank you for joining me. Thank you. Hello. So glad to be with you today. Well, I must tell listeners here a little bit more. I don't want to tell too much because it's your story, but Jen has the most, it is the most cutest. Oh, Jen, I just love your film. It's called Gaps, G-A-P-S, Gaps. And it is, it, it's recently had a, had a showing at the Holly Shorts F- Film Festival in Los Angeles. So how, how did that, sh- how did that come out? I'm sure it was good. Yeah, it was, it's great. You know, uh, the film has just been a really um, great project to work on. I did it as a part of working with Tribeca Studios and the Queen Collective, which is between the Chief Fest company and 
we got to see a holly short. Um, we premiered at Tribeca. We, we've been to ABFF uh, with some clips and conversations panel. So, you know, it's just been great to see how the audience really seems to get into the film. And I just love seeing the reactions along the way. Oh, I know, I know. Now, have you, uh, at any of the film festivals that is uh, landed at, do you do Q&A afterwards or, or what? Yeah, we actually were in Blackstar recently in Philly. I did a QA, and a I did the Q&A in Tribeca and actually did one with Queen Latifah, which was really great. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a great conversation piece to talk about. Literally people come up to you and they're like, I had a gap growing up. I understand how the main character feels, but it's just a great, um, you know, talk track to talk all about, you know, black girlhood and just, you know, having women in your family lift you up whenever there's something you feel insecure about or something that you need to have that conversation on. Um, well, let's just talk about the synopsis of Gaps, uh, mm-hmm. one of those coming-of-age uh, type genre films about a young uh, African-American young lady, a young girl, I should say, and she finds herself, you know, she has this gap. It, to me, it's not really a gap. I mean, it, I didn't think it was bad, but I can understand when you're growing up. But anyway, she she comes to the the crossroads about her gap and what should be done or not done about it. So tell us the story as to what inspired you to even write the script for this book, for this book. I mean, this movie, I should say. Yeah, so it's my aunt's a dentist, and I get this really mysterious email. I tell people all the time from Tribeca Studios, I think they've seen a lot of my work. Um, this is my eighth or ninth short film um, as a narrative um, director. And I got an email that's like, hey, the Queen Collective would love ideas, and this year we're doing scripts that are narrative, not just doc, because I think in the past years, they'd only said Docs was an option and this is the first movie that they've done narrative as part of the thing collective um and really it was also the challenge to write something that was aligned with their kind of like crest and oral be their brand but also bringing in the story that would never mention the brand so brand inspired and my mom was a dentist like i said i grew up he sort of thing and I think sometimes the smallest imperfection, and I'm glad you said that, like her gap isn't huge, right? No. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Like the smallest imperfection, I think sometimes can throw you off and make you question, you know, the beauty of yourself. And especially when you're like coming of age and you're younger. So the story came from that. And I think trying to create something that still had my style, like this whole coming of age, had a little fantasy mixed in there. It's definitely family oriented and talks about generational love, um, especially from the women in her family. So I just combined all of that with what I usually do, but just kind of wrote it to their prompt. And I think I ended up with something really great. Did you have uh, any particular, as far as for the lead character, any particular little girl in mind that maybe somebody in your family, someone you had met, some of your mom's former patients that, that you kind of envisioned in your head as you were writing the story? I mean, not really. I think I was really open to what this little girl would be. Um, I had, um, I think it was Marseille Martin from uh, uh, the, the show, uh, why can't I think today, Blackest. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. She had that classic that was kind of even like a little bigger. And I had an image of her on the deck that we did the pitch for. And I think I started there. 
um, when we actually were in auditions and in the casting process, you know, we met a lot of little girls. Some had like a bigger gap, some had a slight one. We even toyed around with like, this person really have calves gap to create it. And I think we landed on like um, Charlie Girl because I think we also, she had that kind of like really great look, you know, big hair, bright eyes. She just feels like, all American girl in that sense, but you know that one little slight gap she does have naturally, and it was like big enough that you could talk about it, but it was small enough that you could see how it felt silly to maybe most people to care, but like to her it became something that was bigger in her mind. And I think that's a lot of what we do um, when we have something that's bothering us or imperfection we perceive. It just feels so much bigger when it's really. Most people probably wouldn't notice at all. <laughs> Most definitely not. Well, all of the 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 kids did an amazing job. Uh, the cast and they they just did. And the young lady, uh, was it is it Charlie girl or Charlie girl? Um, it's Charlie girl. Charlie girl. Did did she? You know, in in as you once you hired her, did she have any kinds of? Uh, I, I hate to say hang up, but did she have any kind of? You know, did she have an issue about having a gap herself? You know, she didn't per se. Like, she definitely, like, is somebody who's in modeling. She models and does entertainment stuff. So I, I can't speak for her. I mean, I think her gap, again, is, like, small enough that it's not, like, a huge thing that bothers her. But I think she did relate um, when we were talking about having, you know, just general insecurities as a kid. Um, because she's... You know, she is a kid who's experiencing probably some of the same things just naturally as we all do, but she models. She does all the things where people see your face. They're really up close. So she did relate to that of the character. And I think she channeled that a lot in those scenes where she had to, you know, show that fragility or just those moments where she had to look inward for her character. Um, And it wasn't all like kind of just fun and light throughout the script. And so how long did it take uh, for you guys to shoot the film? I think it's a barely, what, 14, 15 minutes long. So how long did it take in all to put it all together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, four days. And it was jam-packed four days. Um, <laughs> because of the malocations, the kids. I, I always tell people, for some reason, when I do shorts, I go for, like, some type of, like, scale of difficulty. It's like, throw me a dog, throw me some kids. So I don't know why I do that. But for this one, yeah, I definitely had a lot of kids scene work and, like, multiple locations, which, you know, if you take a look back, you're like, oh, yeah, there were a few that made it. And and also we're in New York City. You're in Brooklyn for most of it. So just mm-hmm. that backdrop, too, and just navigating that shooting was really challenging, but so much fun because I love shooting. Yeah. Well, obviously, you're very good at it. As I said, award-winning writer and director. Well, let's go back uh, a minute. You mentioned earlier, um, as we all know, that uh, Queen Latifah's company, the executive producer. So how did that initiate? Did they find you or did you find them? Or how did that meeting come about? Yeah, so as a part of the Queen Collective, she is our producer. So, yeah, they found me. Um and as soon as I wrote a script that I think everyone was on board with, that, of course, was a great package deal to be part of. It's like, hey, do you want Queen Latifah to be on your film? Sure. <laughs> this isn't a hard thing that you, you know, you, to, to ponder over. So, yeah, I think um, 
she's just a really, really down to earth champion of great people. I mean, that's the only way to describe her. Like, I've never met anybody that's at that level of fame and just honestly is an icon and like the sense of like the span of her career and the pivoting and how she touched so many different things from music to like being host to being an actress, being a producer and still have like a humble and groundedness to her. So I was just really, obviously, you know, you're never surprised by a meeting with somebody on that level, but I was kind of surprised at how just cool and a, a good vibe she gave out and to have her you know support this film you know she really read the script she really was involved I mean to this day you know you know you can connect with her she's accessible and I just I didn't expect it so it was like a great surprise along the way and so after the film was totally finished the editing the everything just all shiny and brand new what was it like having her to see the final finished product? Were you nervous or, or were you both together when she first saw it, the finished product or what? Yeah, I'm never nervous. Like, I probably tried the line of like, you know, I, I like to stand up for my work. I definitely have great collaborators and producers. My producers, Monique Hazard and Tyler Young were like, you know, they're saying, you know, we got a good film. This is going to be great. Um, and so I just, I felt really excited for her to watch it. I'm like, I think she's going to like dig this. And she did. And, you know, we get notes as any process in, in the creative field. And I think just, I wasn't there when she got to actually see it. I was there, you know, a couple of times when we saw it as an audience and she was around, but I think, you know, just, I could tell by just the feedback she gave me that was positive and like more, you know, talking about the film that she, you know, really took the time to watch it and understand it and adjust it and felt really positive about it. So I, yeah, I wish I could go back and see what her reaction was. It's a big lag, but I didn't get that, but I got a, a, a bigger kind of embrace of, of just her feeling the film and, and sending me good vibes and now going around and talking about it. So I, I can't complain about that at all. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, you know, word of mouth about a product, exactly. you know, and coming from Queen Latifah herself, spreading word of mouth, that's how we can't get too much better than that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I tried to want, like, she's the only queen I know, like, on the, <laughs> on, on the credits, but they're like, no, Jen, too far. I'm like, really? She's the only queen I do. Like, I don't know any other queen. <laughs> Oh, goodness. I'm sure she thought that was cute. That was cute. It was very cute. But I had to take it out, so it's not on that, but we'll pretend like it, it made it. <laughs> well, now tell us about the, uh, your, your film is a part of the Procter & Gamble's Widen the Screen initiative program. Tell us about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Widen the Screen is actually like an initiative, of course, but it, it goes along with a lot of types of films I make that show the breadth of the Black experience. Um, often, if you think about it, we're showing Black excellence, which is like, you know, the Jay-Z's, the Beyonce's, you know, a lot of times we get kind of pigeonholed to sports music, like got a lot of money, famous. And then we see, you know, the green side where it's like, can be like poverty, the struggle, you know, 
the challenges, and I think that what Wider Screen is about is having films that are just about the Black experience, period. And it's like that the culture that we have is so rich and so diverse that there are so many stories in between that of everyday people living their lives, loving, enjoying their families, you know, having moments like that where, you know, you're worried about a little something and it turns out to be something that you can overcome by love and self-esteem. And, you know, trying to show films like that have a greater cultural impact because we are now showing images of people that are Black and brown that aren't always leaning towards a stereotypical view and therefore, in real life, we can break down some of those barriers and misperceptions. So, you know, widening the screen is literal in the sense of widening people's minds, widening point of views. But I, like I said, I think it's just a part of the type of filmmaker that I also want to be. Someone that um, breaks genres, um, shows new, you know, angles into stories and really shatters the stereotypical black experience allowing the room for more stories well we definitely want to thank the people at procter and gamble for having this initiative to help bring films and uh, projects such as yours and others you know to the public you know the creative initiatives that we just love that thank you procter and gamble and also for your great products as well but uh i think this is wonderful so okay what is next for gaps does it continue the film festival circuit or, or what's next for it yeah we're waiting to hear about some festivals like shout out to all the festivals (laughs) we're waiting on um you know to find out if we got in um obviously as you said our latest was holly shorts um we were also at markham's vineyard african-american film festival um the last week or so so continuing on you know to just go across the country and hopefully even overseas in the world and and just you know let people enjoy the film whether in person or virtual um we aired on on bet um and i believe you can still watch it on demand or bet and paramount plus and bet plus so um the film is available for people to watch there um and i think just you know that story of gaps is just a little slice of what I can do as a filmmaker. So I'm just excited to um, continue my career with more films like it, um, a feature film, episodic work, all the stuff that I continue to do. Um, that's just a part of the craft. So. And so does gaps have uh, its own website or is there an Instagram information? Yeah. For gaps? Okay. So you can go to gaps film. Um, dot com and check out the website. There's also a Gap Film um, Instagram handle that I'm up, that's there that you can you know see a little bit more. And then I'm Jay Shawshank and I post a lot about um, the film and what what festivals you get into. So a lot of it just comes from a handle too, just being kind of the lead on it creatively. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll share as soon as we know, but we're coming more places and I'm excited for people to see it. Oh, they should love it. Uh, the, when I first saw it, because I've seen it like three times now, I, I just kind of, yeah, I kind of <laughs> overindulge if it's something that I like. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. And it reminded, the first time I saw it, it reminded me of another award-winning film, Hair Love. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. Happy I know right. them. Okay. It's wonderful. Well, if people 
and there were lots of them who loved hair love. You will love this one, Gaps. It's just as just wonderful. It's 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 a teachable moment, but it's still entertaining. And the kids in the film, they do such an excellent job. Just good casting from your 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 staff there. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, I have to shout out to Monty Carey and Monica Young. I, I love them. Um, and they're the hair love team. Uh, and just, you know, I, it's great to see, you know, just other Black filmmakers knock it out of the park with content. Mm-hmm. So I will take that comparison any day. Absolutely. Well, now, I know you mentioned a, a minute ago that, that you're, you're very diverse and multi-talented in your work as, as film, television, and what have you. So is there any other project that you're working on that's coming up later this year or next year, early next year? Yeah, definitely. So um, one of the things I'm always doing is I'm a commercial director. So I direct really big commercials. You see air, no credits, though. <laughs> but, so I'm always doing that. Um, just, you know, month to month working with big brands for commercials, whether it be like Hershey's or Hyundai or, um, you know, Kia or, you know, I just always love to do projects in that realm in the sports world. And as far as like projects coming up, I have a feature film that is in development with Tiny Giant. They are actually my um, promotional rep as well. Um, but for this, they're partnering with my um Long for rep anonymous content, and we're working on my first feature. And it's a girl basketball movie, so I'm really excited about coming of age. Um, that's, uh, you know, a piece based in the 90s, and it should be a lot of fun. So we're working on that now, and hopefully we can film next year. Obviously, it's trying times with the strike, <laughs> so we'll see um, how things pan out with the writer strike and the um, bad after strike. But I'm hoping... That we'll get to move forward on that soon, as well as working on, I'm working on um, an episodic um, project I've been working on for a couple of years called Afro, which is kind of a, a teen, um, edgy comedy that I'm excited about as well. So oh, I'm excited about a lot of things. I think I said that word a lot today, but well, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Oh my goodness, you should be. I would I would say excited all, all day with all of yeah, this. So I'm, like, I, I'm just excited. <laughs> you have earned it. Well, tell me, I mean, I'm gonna, two last questions here. Uh, the basketball full feature that you're working on, women's basketball, is just exploding all over the place. The whole yeah. Angel Reese and all these young ladies. Uh, what a great time to work on a film about women's basketball. So I know that's going to do quite well yeah i think it's it's timely even though again it's set in the 90s but it's timely now and a lot of the themes from that era like jordan and pre-wmba are just gonna really resonate now in a comedy um it's really uh it's a movie about um a young girl who goes back to her like hometown uh you know kind of street ball um, area and she wants to assemble a game, but she has to lie to everybody around her to do it. So oh, okay. it's just it's fun, and it and it also has some really great themes. I think that align with the black community, but are just you know something that I think everybody can relate to, and that's that's my damn universal themes, um, but set in a very specific uh, point of view. Um, and, I, and I'm excited to do again, again, thrilled and thrilled to do that. Um, in this project because 
it's it's all the culmination of all the work I've been doing to build that. Well, I say congratulations on your first full feature film. I know it's going to be very good. I just know it. I just know it. I'm going to start paying closer attention now that I know you've directed a lot of uh, television commercials. I'm going to start paying closer attention to these. You said Toyota and what other brands is it? Kia, Honda, I think I did Hershey's. I just did one for PMC, which is Pearl Milling. Milling. Um, and I did a Brock's candy commercial. Those came out in Easter and Valentine's Day, but I just did their ones for Halloween. So those should come out soon. Um, but yeah, I'm constantly working just with different brands on, you know, showing their brand in the best way in the commercial realm, whether it be 30 seconds, 15 seconds. And I just have a great team um, at Tiny Giant that is super supportive and they make sure that I get all the good projects. Well, it sounds like you are. I mean, what a, I mean, automobiles and chocolate candy. What a great combo. Just those two right there. Exactly. Like family, sport. I mean, it's the same. Like anything, same, extreme difficulty in commercials. (laughs) Dogs, kids, family, sports, you know, it's a genre. But, you know, the same themes and familiarities, um, depending on if it's narrative, commercial, even the doc space, I do things. And But the theme is there, you know, and the content <laughs> is, is my story. And it's, it's something that always feels, I think, fit for me, which is really why I love what I do. It's like I get to express myself in all the mediums and all the ways and just really enjoy it every circle of life. Well, we're going to definitely look for your first full feature. We'll just say sometime next year, hopefully, when this strike is over. Oh, my goodness. But in the meantime, you've got something coming out for Halloween, probably others for the whole holiday season for this year. And we never know. Well, I'm one of those kinds of people. If I love a TV ad, I will go look up. Who is the ad agency? Who's the music? I will find you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hunt you. I'm going to hunt you down. And in fact, when we get through with this, I'm going to go and and look, do my homework and see which ones that I've seen and see if that's you or not on these commercials. I'm going to got my whole week. Like I said, I'm in there. I'm fine. That's the main uh, thing. Doing some really... Uh, cool commercials with some great I definitely will but in the meantime we are going to keep tabs on your wonderful short GAPS G-A-P-S and see if GAPS is coming to a film festival near whomever is listening people hear us all over the world all over in India Southeast Asia just everywhere and so we never know if GAPS is coming because GAPS are all just humans it's everybody every yeah it's everybody's got gaps so yeah this is that's why it makes i think that's probably what makes it so appealing one of the aspects because this is just human beings having a gap big gap little gap medium gaps i'm gonna tell tell you this one last thing the beautiful gaps in the world i'll tell you this one last thing really fast uh when my mom had some dental work she had some 
she's going to kill me if she heard me say this, some dentures dentures done years ago. And she intentionally, she told the dentist that she wanted a slight gap in the the top front teeth. Because they look like what Yeah, yeah, and and they did it. Go ahead, Mama. I like it. Yeah. Well, she did it, and no one knew the difference except for me, and now I've told everybody. (laughs) I've told the world. Sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, Mom. But anyway. She's beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. But, Jen, thank you so much for the lively conversation. And most of all, thank you for GAPS. And I'm going to start following you on Instagram so I can keep up with all of your busy work that you're doing. And would love to have you to come back on when the uh, women's basketball feature is released. Ah, thank you. Um, I appreciate anyone who's following my career. And I'm so thankful for you for having me on today. You know, hopefully there'll be more for me. Actually, there will be more. Oh, of course. There is no (laughs) way. Hey, you never know. You and the Queen might team up again for something. You just... Hey, you never know. You know, I'm going to wink at a nod to that because I can't reveal anything. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to be... You never know. I'm going to be quiet from there on. Okay. So I can be one of the first media people, you know, in case if it happens. Just okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you have a wonderful rest of the week, and I hope to talk to you in a few months or so. Yeah, you should. Okay, take care then. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Okay, thank you so much, Jen, for such cute insight about your adorable film. Again, it's titled Gaps, G-A-P-S. And if you have a a gap in your teeth or front or wherever, maybe your lower teeth. I used to kind of have one in my lower teeth, but I had braces, let's be honest with you there. But if you do have a gap in your teeth, I think this film, or or maybe your kids or somebody, and they're just kind of sensitive about it, let them see this film. I think it will definitely be a game changer, especially for kids. That's big kids too. So anyway, Jen, thank you so much for doing this film. So we are so out of time as you know, we just love to keep talking to you, but we are, we got to go. We got to get out of here because we got other shows, other interviews to do here. But as always, we want to thank all of you listeners who tune us in from around the world and also to our guest here. Yeah, we, of course, we couldn't have the show without you guys. If you know how that goes, of course, make sure you email us info at filmfestivalradio.com and we will definitely reply back to you. Yes, we will. So again, we want to thank our guest, Chris Woolsey, Senior Director of Communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment for giving us some insight as to what's hot and what's going on uh, at Redbox for the month of August. Lots of fun movies there. And so also 
Jen Shaw again with the movie Gaps. So we'll see everybody next show right here on Film Festival Radio Show. Have a great rest of the day or evening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Stop the